are back here in the studio with Riasis and uh, Kathy Laura. And uh, let's uh, go on ahead and tell everybody what do we got up for them this hour. So uh, our next guest is Gloria Delgadillo. And uh, Gloria is going to talk to us uh, a little bit about uh, her um, grandfather who had a, a mercantile store here. Uh, in San Marcos, and she's also going to talk to us about her mom, who had a, a business here. Um, G- Gloria's uh, father uh, is named uh, Vicente Flores, and I'm hoping to have them or somebody else come back, maybe at the beginning of the year, and talk to us about about her father's family. Uh, her father uh, lived in um, on MLK, grew up on MLK okay. when they were here back in, I guess, ni- the 1930s and uh, comes from uh, the Flores family out of um, the land grant in San Diego, Texas. So they, uh, that part of her father's family has a very interesting um, history. But today we're here to talk to her about, um, as I said, her grandfather's um, store, and we want to go ahead and uh, welcome Gloria to the show. So welcome, yeah. Gloria. Thank you. Glad to be here. And so tell, tell us a little bit um, ab- ab- about your grandfather. I know you told me that he was, uh, your mother was quite young when he, when he passed away. Yes. Um, she, was, she had to be been like three or four when her mother passed away. Now, her father passed away in 1947. So she had a lot of time to spend with her father. And I believe she was so close to him. Uh, before he remarried so he had three daughters the first time and one sister and raised them all together and so they um, until he remarried um, he had another set of kids but he must have been around his 30s when he remarried because his first wife died Uh, I had a date here Um, I gotta look for it but anyway, um, when he remarried, um, she was, um, he was around uh, 32, 34. Her, and her, the, the first name, the first wife was Trinidad um, Renteria, because his name was Tiburcio. It's a kind of, it's a different name. And then, uh, then the second wife he married was Syria. And then they moved to San Antonio. But in the meantime, he was living here in San Marcos first with the first family and his wife until she, she passed away. So I did a, a census search, and in 1910, um, it shows that he was 36 years old. And um, there's also a, an immigration uh, form. Oh, uh, Yeah, uh, uh, from uh, 1890. So he was 16 years old when he came to the United States. Yeah, he was from Mexico, as as his first wife was. They all came from Mexico. I don't know exactly what and, part. And uh, Trinidad was Trinidad. Uh, 20 years old, and she's got an immigration uh, record, and uh, she shows um, uh, 1896. So um, in the 1910 census, um, she was 36, and um, he was 36, she was 34, and uh, Juanita? Yes, one, that's one of his daughters. She was 13. Okay. And Amelia was six, and Jesusita, that's your mom. Yes. She was four. Okay. Um, but your your uh, mother's father yeah. had a, a general mercantile store here in um, in San Marcos. Right, and 
Well, I, I just know, you know so much because he died in 47. I was born in 50. So going back, I just know it was somewhere around uh, San Antonio Street. The and, uh, the uh, book uh, that uh, Miss Philo did uh, shows it, I believe, at 100 San Antonio Street, and they say that it's where the current uh, the mark is now. Okay. So it it was in that area. I think they they referred to it as uh, Gordo's, mm -hmm. so that that would be the mark. And I think um, uh, that he had a mercantile store, so he must have sold. Uh, Dry goods. And yes, uh, probably like a general store, store. Just had a little of everything. So uh, in, uh, in the 1910 census, it shows his home address as 106 Guadalupe Street. So is, is that the home that you grew up in? No, no. I grew up in 327 South Guadalupe. So that must have been before, like just almost in the beginning of town, because as you go down to the railroad tracks, it goes down to three and goes all the way out. So no, I grew up in 327, so this must have been before. So 327, was that the house that your mom grew up in too? Uh, no. she, she inherited that property um, back in uh, 1912. 1912. He willed it to, uh, to his uh, three daughters and wow. sister, 1912. So she, she had her, um, when she got married in 1940, she must have had the house built uh, sometime thereafter and then opened her business. So that's, and you know, like I said, he willed the property to her and the other daughters. So there was already, the land was there. Was so, there, so uh -huh. she must have built the house. Um, in, in the book that, uh, that was written by, uh, by uh, uh, Ms. Philo, um, there's a photo of, of your grandfather's general mercantile store and, and him standing there. But I also read um, in uh, the book that Mr. Nicola had some really wonderful things to say about, about your grandfather. And they were talking about, and we had this conversation about the Dieses when Rachel was here. And they were talking about how back then that they had this celebration for the Dieses and that all the business owners here would provide all the drink and all the food at no cost so that the general public could come and and enjoy the festivities so um he must have been a, a strong leader of of the community at that time it's probably it's it's true it's probably he was like i said i don't have too much recollection since he passed away before my time and so his second family, did they stay here in, in San Marcos? Or oh, did they in move my away? understanding, they moved to San Antonio. And did your mom have any um, a contact with her, her uh, brothers? Was it brothers and sisters? Yes, uh -huh. yes. She still had contact with them. In fact, they used to do um, family reunions, and they used to do them down here in San Marcos. And a lot of the family would come together and celebrate their, their heritage together. So, um, our, um, I, I'm going to assume that your mother's brothers and sisters are now deceased. Most of them have passed. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really kind of hard to say because I kind of lost contact after my mother passed away. And I really don't know how many are still living. And so, um, and they were all most, all, a lot of them moved to, to uh, California. But the three brothers that I know that used to come visit her, I know they already passed away. So my mother was, you know, being the oldest, because she was from the first group of uh, the family, and then came the second family, I 
don't know if there's anybody still out there. There might be somebody, but I at this time I don't know for sure. So, so your mom was already uh, uh, in uh, probably in her late thirties when when her father passed away. I, uh, well, let me see. Yes, probably so, probably so. And and she, and she um, okay, she married in 1940, and then um, her dad passed away in 47, and then. Um, she opened her business somewhere between, probably from that time on, um, after 1940s, maybe 40, 45, somewhere in there. Because again, I'm estimating. So, were there any any stories that uh, your mother told you about about your your grandfather and his business? Anything that comes to mind? Um, not too much that I can recall. I mean, she loved her dad. She looked up to him, and maybe that's why she became a, a businesswoman herself. She became a very strong businesswoman. I think she saw a lot of that uh, example from her father, and he was able to maintain this business as long as he could. So I think she really picked up from that because her other sisters did, and they all became nurses. So she was the only one that became um, an entrepreneur businesswoman, and she was the only uh, Hispanic uh, hairdresser at that time here in town so did your mom have to uh, go to like a beauty college to yes. get certified yes and is that something that she did here in town or did she I'm have sure, to travel outside i'm pretty sure she got it in san san antonio she had to get her license and you know go to school to be a hairdresser and all that so, so do you know how old she was when she decided to take i'm gonna on say that? in her 20s in her 20s mm-hmm. So do you, uh, do you have an idea of what year she opened up her, her I'm gonna, business? I, because, again, um, when she married in 1940, I'm, and then she had to have the house built right around that time, and then later she had to get her business going. So somewhere, I'm going to say, between 1940, 1945. 1940, 1945. So um, she was already, already married. Your, your father, uh, was he, what did he do for a living? Well, he did different jobs until he really got into being a carpenter that's that's really where he got his trade later down the road he probably in the beginning that was doing little odd jobs but he finally did go into get the trade of becoming a, a carpenter i remember your dad um used to wear overalls mm-hmm. uh, blue and white blue and white pinstripe overalls yeah mm-hmm. he always had a pencil or something on his ear because he was marking things all the time so um the do we, let's see do we need to take a break you got two more minutes the uh the house that uh is currently at 327 um South Guadalupe. Guadalupe Street. we had a, a gentleman here uh last week who taught who told us that um they his father owned the cleaners uh down the street as it um royal cleaners and he said that they lived above the cleaners while the business was on the downstairs part um, the the house at 327 has, if you're standing in front of it, has two doors. So is that the case for, for y'all too? Was was the house that you lived in part of the business? Yeah, half of it was uh, the side we lived on, and then the other side was my mother's uh, beauty shop. So it was kind of divided in half. So, so did you grow up around the beauty shop yes. as a you know and yes. did you help out and you well, know I was always there I mean I mean as a child growing up I mean you're always exposed to what's going on in the beauty shop and you know so yes I was always there as I got a little older well yes I kind of helped out here and there in, yeah. in the shop 
you know, as but needed. But you'd, you'd get off of school and just come on in, and uh, you, your mom would be in there doing somebody's hair yes, and doing something, yes. and you'd just... I'd just go about my own Find some food and yes. uh, get... Uh, <laughs> Feed myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she would be busy working. But that was a convenient because she was right there, you know, and I should... And, in the beginning, she probably hired a babysitter when I was real little, but then as I got older, she didn't really need a babysitter. I was just right there. Yeah. And uh, you learned to be sufficient on your own and uh, stay out of trouble and uh, <laughs> get your stuff done. And, uh, uh, you know, you didn't have to have, uh, yes, you could be working and have a family at the same time. And, uh, you know, I guess the mothers have been doing that for a long time, but it was as having our own business that's a little bit different uh, in a way for yeah. raising the kids, too. Well, and at that time, too, considering, you know, she was a Hispanic woman business owner, I don't think that we, we had that. That was kind of kind of unseen for the time here, here in town. Yeah. She was a real hard worker, real motivated, real go-getter. She was just really motivated to succeed whatever she was doing. Well, let's take a quick station ID break. You're listening to KCSM.org, True Community Radio. This is Ryasis here with you every Sunday from 7 until 8 o'clock with your host, Kathy Lahr. And uh, I'm Rob Burke, and we're going to be right back with you. The views expressed on the show are those of the hosts and the guests, and not necessarily those of KCSM or SMTXCRA. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for the opportunity to be on the fabulous KZSM radio serving San Marcos and beyond. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was etched onto clay tablets, carved into stone, inscribed on parchment, forged into type, converted to bytes and bits and pixels. However the Word enters your consciousness, join us Tuesdays 4 to 6 for Bookmarked, all about books and reading in San Marcos and the world. Ladies and gentlemen, y toda mi gente, my name is Josh, also known as DJ Alpha in the mix, and I am the host of the all-new Latin Energy Show on KZSM.org San Marcos. I'm inviting everyone to tune in every Thursday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. and join the Latin Energy Party. It's all about community connection here, so tune in, support, and we'll see you on KZSM.org. And we're back in the studio here. Kathy, Laura. Um, when uh, you, you mentioned, you know, the the uh, business was uh, there in the home. How, what was a, a, a day like for your mom? You know, from the start of the day, the early morning to, to the end. I mean, how early did she have to prepare? And, you know, how late did she work till? Well, it varied because some days would be not as busy as others. When it would really pick up is when there were holidays coming around the corner. And my mother would announce on the radio station um, her specials. And if she had, you know, a activity, I mean, a special event, Mother's Day or Easter or whatever, and she would advertise that um, she was having perms for $5. So come and get your perms. And, uh, people would then swarm in like bees and they'd be everywhere and that's when there was all these people around you know that was a good deal at the time five dollars for a perm that was a pretty expensive yeah. uh proposition and yeah and like i said especially the yes he says or the 16th of september with the fiestas coming out you know those were all when her highest time of business would 
would uh, appear and it was maybe Christmas and you know holidays but she would always be more busy doing that time and the other times just every so often you know people here and there but it was the holidays that people would would flock to their special now would she would it be uh, mostly Hispanic or would it be Anglo or was gonna, it a mix the majority 99% were all Hispanic I, I, I can't remember anybody else that was not to tell you this truth at, at this point I think they're all they were all Hispanic well and it's interesting with hair care across uh, the different uh, minorities in the United States and I've read some books on this and I know you know African Americans it's very much a, a very insular with the hair care is very important with the barbershops and uh, you know and you just mm -hmm. kind of tended to keep uh, in the same ethnic groups with the hair care uh, and uh, it, it's kind of interesting that that's always been that uh, place though that everyone would come and you'd have the gossip you'd have the talk you'd have the you know what's going on in the town but those were those those uh, areas the central areas to the community in a lot of ways Right, it was the ethnic groups that kind of kept them together like that, like so. And so everyone that was Hispanic all knew my mother's beauty shop. And they knew me by like, you know, you're Susie's, Susie's beauty shop, right? And I go, yes. So everybody just kind of knew it by, because she advertised and because people went, they, that I knew, they knew me by my mother's beauty shop. <laughs> so, so, so probably at the time when she was advertising, you know, in, in the 1940s and, and 50s, 50s. maybe, um, I'm going to assume that Ruven uh, yes, was the Reese. announcer. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. He was number one. I remember my distinctly say, you know, remember he had his program and she would always advertise with him. With him. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm hoping to hopefully maybe do a, a show on him, uh, but yeah, um, I we had uh, when Rachel was here too. We talked about going to uh, Las Piscas, and how September was a very important time, and um, I uh, had heard in conversation one time that they would say that for the majority of the young girls, uh, it was very important for them to come to the beauty shop and have their hair done because. They're all getting ready to um, attend either the the Dieses, the Septiembre Fiestas Patrias, and they would come and do their hair, and then they'd wear the dress that either was bought for them or that their mother would make for them, and that the majority of them would then head off to go to work uh, into the the fields as as a migrant migrants, and um, I I I heard that um, them say that that was a lot of times too when the young ladies would elope with the boyfriends and they wouldn't make it back so I'm going to assume that it must have been a very busy time for your mom during during those those holidays probably yes. for about a week or two weeks right they would come you know before they would come a few days before and sometimes uh, maybe on that day and sometimes my mother would work maybe till 10 or 11 or 12 she would if people were there she wouldn't turn them down she would just continue to uh, take care of their hair until the last person left. So my mother was beat <laughs> by the time she was done that day. So yeah. was uh, you know now you go into a beauty shop and there's more than one. So was the uh, shop just equipped for one for really one hairdresser? Or? She really had like two two uh, chairs that I recall, and she might have had somebody there uh, every off now and then, but primarily I just remember her doing it mostly by herself too i don't know why but she was probably very particular 
you know, she wanted to please the customers. So, but yeah, she, she worked really long hours just to make a living. <laughs> and you didn't have any interest in the going no, into that field? No, that, that's kind of, you know, I, I asked myself that too. I said, why, why didn't I become a hairdresser? Um, I don't know. My interest wasn't there. I like hair. I like the way, you know, people comb hair and I, I take time to do my own. And I would kind of help out with my mother a little bit here and there, but I just never had the desire to want to be a hairdresser. It just wasn't in me. So, and it was okay. My mother didn't say you should be one. You know, she kind of left it up to me to choose my to career. The you know, as anybody who has ever had a, a, a perm done, you know that the um, chemicals that are used and the um, the smell that lingers. Um, as you're getting a, a perm done, did any of that ever linger into your home? Into my my living area. Well, into the li- I mean, you know, the, the smells, the oh, fumes, and stuff. Did you smell that? I yes. I, I to this day, if I smell that that permanent type solution, I, it's like you go back in time and you think like, oh, I remember this smell so much. So, yeah, it does bring back, you know, memory. But, yeah, it was always there, and I could always smell it. You know, it was always around. I can't say it went into our home, but I just remember that if I walked into my mother's beauty shop, it would just knock you back because it was so strong. <laughs> the The majority of the uh, of the ladies that came in, did they come in to have their hair permed, or was it just like a style and a cut? Or? It varied. It varied what they wanted. If they wanted the $5 special, they just went and just got the perm. If they wanted to have their hairstyle set and everything, well, then that was that was another category that you know they chose. But it all depended what they wanted and how much time she spent with each one. But the five dollar one was just put the the little uh, rods in in you and just take off the 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 rods and your hair was curled and that was it. So it was real fast. <laughs> was there any special ones that you remember? I mean, I know you always go through different hairstyles, right? That, you know, whoever the uh, uh, the screen goddess was of the week, you know, that, that would have and that they'd come in and say, I want my hair to look like that. Or was there just certain styles that people, you know, at the time it was very simple to, to maintain? For, I'm trying to think if there was anything they asked for. I can tell you for sure that they my mother put it on me, of course. She, I had to have a perm all the time. I couldn't live a year without having a perm. Are you kidding? <laughs> I didn't know what it was to not have a perm. I wanted yeah, to have my hair straight. And she, you got to have a perm. You got to have a perm. You were the walking billboard for her, for her shop. <laughs> I guess so. She just wouldn't leave, leave it alone. And so I had to have Shirley Temple curls, too. That, I was going to ask about that because I know, you know, back in the 30s and 40s, that was the thing. It was she all was the girls had girl, to have little girls, girls had the perms. Little girls. I had Shirley Temple uh uh, curls all the time and I had to have the petticoat and everything and I didn't want to look like a doll I wanted to look like everybody else but my mother had to put their little curls and put the little fluffy dresses and there I go <laughs> like a little Mexican Shirley Temple <laughs> well and that was what I was kind of curious about is that if you know there was that desire to i want to look like greta garbo you know but yet you know here was an anglo in the in the the hispanic community or just the the was it just we're just going to have something simple that would work you know the uh, i just kind of curious 
Yes, and sometimes they might, you know, bring in a picture, you know, mm-hmm. and say, I want you to do my hair like this. So if they had um, a hair, hairdresser uh, catalog of some kind with, with a hair on it, then they would say, okay, can you cut my hair like this? Can you fix my hair like this? So it would be what whatever people wanted that she would try to comply to them. So did did she um, make it past the 1960s as a beauty shop owner? Uh, her her uh, I think she started to slow down between 1960 1965 because I'm trying to recall she wasn't as busy and she was just fading down you know her highest peak was like in the early 40s and the by 60 65 she was kind of slowing down so did she ever get to do any of that like that beehive hairdo because you know back then the ladies were starting to wear their I, hair and I was the beehive generation. <laughs> Did your mom do your hair for you? With the I beehive? did my hair. Oh. <laughs> you know, I had to show her a little bit more about the teasing thing. Because, you see, during the 60s, there was the, right. the, the teasing got big. That's what they yeah. call the beehive, you know, because that's how you did it. So I had to kind of show her what, you know, how to do that, you know. And so I, I, I learned that myself. So she, you know, after a while, you know, you have to keep up with the trends, the trends. of what's mm-hmm. going on. And I knew what was going on, and she kind of wasn't keeping up after a while. So I had to kind of say, this is what's going on now. So I kind of had to show her what was on. But you are not the one to continue that legacy. Did anyone else in your family continue as a hairdresser, or was it pretty much ended with uh, yeah, Susie Shaw? Yeah, because I was the only child. Oh, okay. Okay, and so as if I didn't continue, it kind of just faded out when my mother stopped. Yeah, so nobody else really. I have, I have, um, you know, maybe other family members, but. Um, I was it. <laughs> now it's. Uh, I just kind of curious, you know, as as you made that transition in the '60s and into the '70s, and uh, here in town, and uh, yeah, I've got. I was trying to give you another minute here, Kathy, but uh, we'll go ahead. We'll take a quick station ID break here. This is KCSM.org, True Community Radio, San Marcos, Texas. We'll be right back with you. Tune in to Texas River Talk every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. We play music from our favorite country artists and let you know how to catch them live. We'll also have musicians in studio talking about their work and playing on air. Come join the party with Texas River Talk, Fridays from noon to 2 on kzsm.org, True Community Radio. And hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, at Texas River Talk. That's at TX River Talk. On the radio, this is the Sweet Honey Bear Blues on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Till 10 o'clock, you got me giving you what you just didn't know you needed. Estás bien? Mm, no sé. Dime. Es que, bueno, no sé cómo decirlo. Cuando tus niños no encuentren las palabras, ayúdalos a encontrar la canción. Escucha el álbum Sound It Out y obtén consejos y herramientas para empezar una conversación en EscuchandoSentimientos.org. Un mensaje de Ad Council y Pivotal Ventures. Hello, all you listeners out there in Radio Land. I have some exciting news for you. Limey's Lass is going to a two-hour show on Celtic Corner beginning January 26th. Tune in at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time at kzsm.org and hear two hours of Celtic music picked just for you. 
And we are back here in the studio with Riasis and uh, Rob Ark here with you and Kathy Lauren. Kathy, why don't you tell everybody about our guest here again? Uh, uh, kind of give a little perspective for all those that have, may have just tuned in with us. So we have uh, Gloria Delgadillo here on the show with us tonight, and we're we, you know we're having a conversation about. Um, her grandfather, who had a general mercantile store on San Antonio Street, and her mother Susie, who had a uh, a beauty shop over uh, on Guadalupe Street, and that address was uh, uh, 327 South Guadalupe, and the the home is still standing uh, today. So it's probably the the last piece of uh, property that uh, it's in its current state uh, in between the two tracks there on Guadalupe Street. Right, because um, her father uh, passed pieces of property right there from Purgatory Bridge down to the railroad tracks, all of that one side, which would be the left-hand side going going north, no, going south. Um, so it was divided up, and so my mother uh, held on to her piece of property, and she was like, Scarlett O'Hara. She loved that property and she wasn't going to sell it to anybody. My land. My land. I'm not selling it to anybody for any price because her father gave it to her. And she loved her father so much that that was sentimental to her. And so that land was her everything, you know. So this is all property along the uh, uh, Purgatory Creek from uh, Hunter Road where the bridge is. Well, no, no, on no. Guadalupe Street. Off of Guadalupe uh, Street. Okay, Street. excuse me, thank so you. So where industry is at? Right. Right, when you pass. That, that area yeah. there on Purgatory going on over. Yeah. Thank you. I just needed to know which bridge I was yeah, at yeah. there. I, I got lost for a minute, so thank okay, you. Okay, so, so growing up, um, it, you mentioned that, and I know in a conversation that we had uh, previously, you had mentioned uh, the Arredondos grocery store uh, across the street from you. And uh, so Arredondos was across the street from you. Where David Sergi's office is now, what was there? Uh, back, say, let's say back in the 70s. Well, or I, can, I can tell you at one time, probably it was... Um, uh, Clipples co- was there at one time. I'm sorry? Clipples? Y- yes, 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 yes. Uh, but like growing up, I can tell you that it was like uh, storage for old cars at one time on the left-hand side of my mother's property. And then it turned into a um, a Phillips sixty six garage. Do you know who who had that? Was uh, it Gonzalez? Uh, no, no, Gonzalez would have been on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Salcedos. Salcedos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Salcedos. Yes. And then and then next door to your mom was, was that El Patio Bar. The, uh, yeah, but even before that that place went to different businesses. You know, it was like one time besides a bar, it was grocery store and um i'm trying to think if the last thing was was a bar of course then now it's rented out for different uh functions but i think it even used as a church church. yes and then rossens is behind the the church joe joe has rossens well yeah now they made a business yeah they got businesses in the back back there but when i was growing up it was just the building and there were houses all the way uh on the back and then of course in the garage was um, on the other side of it, I'm trying to think what the name of the garage was. Mm-hmm. Right, right next to Purgatory um, yeah, Bridge. I, I, I don't remember. Um, doesn't come to mind, but there was a garage mm-hmm. right there. So the 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 patio bar next door. What was that like? Uh, you know, uh, growing up, was it you know? Because you hear a lot of things about how some of these uh, places were kind of seedy, and I know there was another bar 
a little bit past um, Son where Sonics is now in, in, in that area right there where the Chinese food place was. What was it like growing up next to, to a patio? Well, you have your uh, negatives and positives about that. Uh, before it became, you know, San Marcos was a dry county. You know, there was no alcohol. So 1970, 72 is when it... 72, yeah. Yeah. 73. Uh-huh. And then it was like, okay, now we can have alcohol. And then here comes the bar next door. And I was unhappy about it. My mother was unhappy about it. But what can you do? Yeah. And so uh, you could hear the music going on in there. We always were a little afraid that they might have a fight because sometimes in their bars there's a fight around. So it was was not always the best environment to be around a bar. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was like we would go sit outside on on the evenings when it was nice and cool, and we could hear the music, you know, and everything. But uh, it was it was okay as long as you know they they behaved and didn't cr- cr- cause any trouble. You know it was all right. You know, but we just it was kind of scary too for me because I just uh, didn't know if they would start a fight or anything. Bars can do, yeah, sure. you know. So, but it was that kind of. I preferred it. I would have preferred if they didn't have a bar there. I would have liked it better. But now were. Th- was it mostly people from the neighborhoods from the area there were they driving in you know did you have problems with parking you know the i'm just thinking of the problems that we have now with the bars you know a lot of times has to do with the uh, uh the cars and people you know uh parking and coming in and out you know it tends to be a lot of the uh, commotion the 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 little the bar that was there there was enough parking there was and sometimes they would park in our, our lot, in front of our house, too, which we didn't like that either, you know, because we were very limited how much parking my mother had. So, uh, so, but they had enough parking in their lot, in their side, you know, where they had their bars. So it was, it was pretty nice and big. So yeah. there wasn't too much trouble with parking, finding a place then, only when they came to our side, and then that was a, a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, across the street from you were the Arredondos. So, did you get to meet uh, Mr. Arredondo Senior? Yes. Juan. Yes. Well, Juan yes. Is that yes. Juan? The, the owner, original owner. Yes, I remember him well. I remember him well. And then, of course, his uh, son was the one that lived um, behind the or or right adjacent to the store. They so had there's a house. some homes behind there, right? There was a, a home right. There was a grocery store, and there was a house right there. And the son. He had one of his sons that lived in okay. that house. And, but on the other side of the store, no, that was res- another residential area. There was no family members there. He just had one on the other side of the left-hand side of the store. And then three of his children uh, ended up running the, the, the store. Yes, and then he had his other um, daughter and another son that would come in. So they were like three of them, yeah, running so, so the store. So it was store. Agrippina and Chita. Yeah, yes, she and would come Johnny. in, and uh, John, uh, Johnny, uh-huh, and then, of course, uh, Gilbert, uh-huh. uh, he was the other one. So maybe maybe there were four. Uh, Chita would come in just p- uh, part-time, you know, but, yeah, they would all work together. And so they used to do an uh, honor system there for groceries. Did you used to go across yes. and, and go in and write, yes. uh, you know, they'd write the little tab thing yes. and then sign the little yes. book? Right, we would just say, you know put it on our tab 
which was, you know, it was like another time where you could just go and get what you wanted and just write it down and then you'd pay them at the end of the week or whenever the pay period was and they would let you go ahead and like give you credit, just whatever. Kind of like the Waltons. Have you ever seen the Waltons? Yeah. And they go yeah. in there and mark how much they want and they put it down. So yes, uh, that was the credit uh, system back then. And uh, San Marcos Grocery did that uh, a lot. The Arredondos did that a lot. Pe- so the, was it? It was called went. San Marcos Grocery. Yes, San I always Marcus call it Arredondos. I don't it's know. It's okay why. because it's it was the the owner anyway, uh-huh. but it was called San Marcos Grocery. See, I, I learned something new today. We always do on yeah. the show. I mean, when we get these conversations going, there's certain things that we think you, you know that we think that we know, and then wait a minute, here's something new that we added in, and just a different story. Right. But, you know, those were the times when the groceries were there, the whole downtown. You know, growing up, that whole area of town is very different now, you know. And, uh, you know, do, do you see, is there almost like a nostalgia, something missed, something something gone? Yes. In fact, before I came in here, I was walking just down the, the uh, stores just down on this site, and I flashback all these stores that used to be here and and i just look at this this uh buildings now and they have it's all different it's not what it was and yet it's like i'm going back in time my memory of what it used to be and i see it now and it's not it's like i'm in another time zone it's not the same place you're not in san marcus anymore (laughs) yeah we we had that conversation on the show a couple of weeks ago about how all this had changed and you could walk down and uh, the Frontier was there, J.C. Penney's was there, there was Kegler's, and um, Estrada's Cleaners used to be there on the corner, too, and though all those things are gone. Everything's, everything's gone. I, I, there's, nothing, there's nothing there that I can say is still there, mm-hmm. and I haven't gone around the whole square, but I just went on one side, and it was like, uh, where is this place? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, again, just step, stepping in another time zone. So, so going back to your mom's business, um, I'm sure that you, you, of course, you know, your mom probably had her regulars, and you probably saw a lot of ladies that, that came in. Is there anybody that's memorable, that stuck out to you, that you always like to see come into the, into the beauty shop, or, you know, somebody who had a much bigger uh, uh, personality in, in the way that they conducted themselves or the way that they dressed? Uh... I can't think of anybody per se. I can't even remember everybody, like even regular customers, because to me they were just people going in and out. But I just vaguely remember, and I'll always remember this person. He was a male, and he came and got a perm. So how many men come in to get a perm? <laughs> so <laughs> that well, won't, won't go away. Now, at the time, because, you know, this is when we looked at uh, gender roles much differently, you know, and that was, was, did he seem, I mean, did you know the difference between someone that was uh, uh, a um, homophobic, you know, I, I don't, I guess that's not, you know, but just that, uh, you know, was there, there was that stigma attached to going in and getting a perm, I would assume, right, you right. know. You, you don't, you didn't have men come in and go get a haircut or perm or anything, but this man, and I say man, because he was a younger man, you know, he wasn't yeah. 40, he had to have been between 25 or 25 or so, and I, I looked at him like, what are you doing here? 
and you know getting a perm and i just was just my mouth just oh just was just i was in shock but like, your mom didn't turn him down no yeah. no yeah. she would take anybody if you want to go get your hair that she'd say okay but you know I, I was the one that was in shock like what are you doing here and so and when he came in his hair was was straight and then yeah he yeah left, and he then he left it and he just wanted curls he wanted curls in his hair and he got what he wanted he was happy and my mother was happy and everybody was she happy. got paid he she left. got paid <laughs> <laughs> i should have taken a picture i would have liked to yeah. remember yeah, that that would have been about what year was that i mean when were we talking I, well i was had to have been i was under 10 yeah yeah i was under 10 Jeez. so it was so that so was funny. very yeah that that, that was, was so very funny. unusual and uh especially here in san marcos too you know, first having a smaller, more rural town, you know. And, right. Uh, I mean, how many how many men want to say that they went and got a perm? <laughs> they don't think they would they would tell everybody that. Uh, uh, you had mentioned that your your mom's family they had um, uh, family reunions. Um, you you have some cousins here. Uh, were your father's family uh, any brothers? Were they all uh, business-minded and, and civic-oriented? Or was your, your father the only one who who had a mercantile store? I mean, did, the, did his brothers have other businesses here? You're talking about my grandfather? Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, your grandfather. Grandfather. Um, I'm trying to think if anybody else was business-oriented. Because, um, like, again, I don't remember too much. You just remember... My mother had a an uncle, which was his brother, and um, he had well, he had he had like a, a I want to say a farm, a ranch, or something like that. But he was right there on Rio Vista. But I remember him having a cows how having cows back there. So uh, <laughs> if that kind of you know. But of course, at the time back back then, and uh, didn't we have somebody on the store who said um, on the show that said that there were some homes back there yes and that somebody had had some cows that yeah oh august was it augustine i can't remember but yeah but they talked about having the cows on the property and milking the cows and selling the milk and then we talked about the pasteurization remember right and it was just right downtown yeah. you know just right and, and you know you didn't have the freeways you didn't have the highways the systems were different at the time and everything was through the railroad you know for the most part you know coming and going in and out of town so uh very different so was that um armando's father or yes armando's yes. father okay yes um well, let's take a quick break, but I did want to uh, go ahead and do a shout-out. We have got folks listening in up in uh, Kershaw, Wisconsin, and uh, we've got folks all up and down San Antonio, uh, Seguin, New Braunfels, Austin, uh, going up to uh, Round Rock, all sorts of folks listening in tonight. So uh, thank you for tuning in to Riasis here on KCSM.org, True Community Radio, San Marcos, Texas. Kathy, who do we have coming up next week, by the way, too? I don't have anybody scheduled for uh, next week. I put we, you we, on the spot. We, Sorry. We, no, no. We tried to book the uh, indigenous. That was it. Yeah, so that uh, they could come. But we wanted to get them in so that they could talk about the, the powwow for next week before beforehand. So. But I'll find someone. Oh, I know. We're uh, and I'm sorry. That was my misstep there. I shouldn't have said that. But uh, KZSM.org. This is Rob Burke and uh, Kathy uh, uh, Laura here on Riasis. We're going to be right back with you. La familia Mendoza empezar el día oyendo esto es algo habitual. Por suerte, ir al bosque y terminar el día escuchando esto otro. Es posible. 
Ese respiro que tu familia necesita está a menos de 90 minutos. El Bosque, más cerca de lo que crees. Entra en descubreelbosque.org y descubre el bosque más cercano. Un mensaje del Servicio Forestal de los Estados Unidos y el Ad Council. The Lifelong Learning Organization of San Marcos fosters pleasurable personal growth by offering a broad range of stimulating and engaging courses for self-fulfillment. Subjects range from courses in art, art appreciation, history, science, writing, literature, geography, and many more. Each course will be presented by members of the community who are rich in their subject knowledge and are excited to share what they know. Whatever your age, you'll find courses to fit your interests and you'll interact virtually, well, at least for the time being, with instructors and fellow learners who share those interests. If you're interested in possibly becoming a presenter with lifelong learning, or you have ideas for topics to be offered, or you just want to find out more, please contact Marianne Reese at lifelonglearningsm at gmail.com or you can call 512-216-6427. What's in the daily news? I'll tell you what's in the daily news. Story about a guy who bought his wife a small ruby with what otherwise would have been his union dues. That's what's in the daily news. Read the latest news about KZSM.org, your true community radio station, every Sunday in the San Marcos Daily Record. Look for our call letters in the headline of our exclusive column. The San Marcos Daily Record has been serving our community with news, features, sports, and opinion for over 100 years. Pick up your copy at your nearest grocery or convenience store. To subscribe to the print or electronic editions, go to www.sanmarcusrecord.com or call 512-392-2458. And we're back with you here in the studio. And uh, yes, thank you for the support from the uh, San Marcus Daily Record. Uh, and uh, you know, get in touch with them. You can get your uh, uh, subscriptions. And yeah, it was interesting. I was talking with uh, Sarah Sunshine. I had uh, popped uh, by uh, the other night, and uh, I was telling somebody about how she used to sell the newspapers down. I, you'd come down 123, go down Guadalupe, and uh, she'd be down there selling the newspapers at uh, right there by I-35 on uh, uh, Friday nights and on Sundays, and you could go by and, and pick up the newspapers. And, you know, those were the times when we had people actually still selling newspapers here in town. You know, you could... Uh, get them different ways so you know and that's just that's just in the last 25 years you know the things have changed here and you know you look back at the times that we're talking about here from the 1940s back the 1910s you know and to think uh you know this building here was built in 1890 you know where the studio is in right now and just to think about that 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 was you know, all of this time that the, that it's still standing, that we're still here. And I, I really, I, I love that connectivity, but you lose a lot of that if we don't have the stories, we don't put the context, we don't talk about uh, what were the businesses, who were the business owners, what was going on at the time. And your, your, uh, your cousins lived over off of Cheatham Street, the other Renteria family. Um, I, I guess at that time it was called Houston. Is it Houston Road? It's che is it che it's Cheatham Street now, but it used to be called Houston Road. Or no, I, I thought MLK used to be Houston. I thought. 
know um, where where the tennis courts are right. going into. That was Houston, Houston, oh, okay. yeah, Houston okay. Road. Uh, okay. But the house that they lived in is still standing there. Where I guess Rachel and Armando. And a lot of people will remember Armando because he sold uh, insurance with American National, so he was right. well known here. So the Renteria family had a very, a very large base uh, here in the community. And then, of course, there's Rachel, and Rachel went on to marry into the Reina family. That's they true. moved into San Antonio, right. and the majority of the Reinas became um, uh, educators there, and right. a lot of them built a, 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 a good. Um, <laughs> Uh, reputation for themselves there and then um, I, I knew another brother that lived there but I didn't know any, any, any anybody else and you said you had spoken to the youngest brother not yes, too long ago just uh, about an hour or so before I came here mm-hmm. and uh, so he's he's the last of the uh, that side of the Renteria but he's like in his late 80s but he's, he's kind of the last because everyone else has passed on but um, he he, cut, he recalled, you know, who I was, and my mother and my father uh, raised me. So it was kind of nice to talk to him. Now you value talking to people back uh, in the day, you know, what they went through back then, and and be able to appreciate where you are right now. Mm-hmm. So I I guess before we close the the show, um, tell me what it is that you can tell me about your your mom you know it, it seems like you were really close to her i know you, you talked uh, about how diligent she was uh, as as a worker how, how do you see your mom i think especially because she was a, a woman entrepreneur working in a time when most of the women you know were expected to stay home and and you know of course be a, be a wife but here's your mom she's helping to bring in money for 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 the household and I'm going to assume, too, that there probably wasn't a lot of time for her to come home and to cook three meals a day because she had her own her own business that she was running. So I'm going to assume that you kind of had to fend for yourself and you kind of make your own meals, or how, how did that work? Well, my mother was like the jack-of-all-trades. Mm-hmm. I don't know where she got the energy, where she could, she could work, she would cook, she would wash, she would do just about everything. Um, and and yet I would try try to help too, but she carried a lot of the load herself. She was just a real strong woman, very determined and uh, a real strong um, uh, personality. And uh, she would never quit, never give up. She'd find a way to make a dollar. There were times that we did have um, financial need, and she made tamales, and then. We'd go out there and sell tamales on Sundays, you know, and, and she'd make her money that way. And so she was always figuring out what else she could do to, to um, make a dollar if she needed to. So she was very motivated, you know. Like, again, if she got that from her father, I don't know, but she was very, very motivated. And so and she also never quit. So I'm going to say I have to have learned that, too, to never quit. Just keep pushing forward and just uh, 
no, there, there's a will, there's a way. You'll make it through to, it all. Yeah, tomorrow's another day, and I guess I, I probably can see her out there in her yard with her hands in the dirt, like you said, she, like Tara. Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing she loved. She loved gardening. Yeah. She loved. She had flowers all over the garden, her garden, and you know she always spent a lot of time doing that. I mean, that lady just did so much. She, you, she was never bored. You know, she always found something to do. She crochet. Oh my gosh, she loved to crochet. That was what she did in her their last years of her life she had crocheted i could open a store because she had so much crochet everywhere i thought i, I thought i had seen a photo oh a, a photo and she was in it was she a member of like the guadalupanas or the achicrofadias or uh, she used to go to a senior center uh -huh. and so i'm not sure that's that's what i remember that she would go there and and she would take her crochet or talk with the other ladies there I'm not sure. To the I, Georgia Street Center? I'm trying to think which one it was. Uh, it was out there in, in in that area. Back there. I'm, I'm trying Formanas to think. Where is at? Um, I forgot exactly yeah. where. But there were a couple. I mean, I, I know she used to go to one senior center. I know it was a certain area on the back. But uh, I don't know the name of the streets right now. But she used to go there. So that was her little social activity to go there and and mingle with the ladies and take her crochet and talk and gossip and everything else, whatever they did there. Well, I'm sure she must have met a lot of people from San Marcos, and she probably had a lot of stories to tell. And uh, I wish, you know, I um, could have had her here on the show because I think she would have had a lot of insight to tell us. But I'm glad that you came on the show and that, you know, we know some things that we did not know before. And... Um, before we close out, tell me about the floods there in in uh, the seventies. How how did that affect that area or, or your home? Your home? Yeah, I distinctly remember the floods Three that questions. hit my that hit my mother's uh, property. It was b devastating, you know. And uh, yet, I wasn't there the first flood she had. I was in San Antonio, but um, or just a minute. No, I was a I was still. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to school. I think I was trying to think, but I wasn't there. But then I came home and I would help my mother clean up the, mm -hmm. the flood and, and everything that was all over the place. And uh, so that just kind of, like any anybody, just kind of devastates your whole uh, lifestyle for a while. But then the real bad flood came. I'm trying to think it was 19. When was There's the There's a 70 and 72, I think. 72 or 74 72 i think there was the the one of them was so bad but by then my mother she was older and and all i know what it was she fell she was in the hospital and then she went to san antonio well, the flood came and it just wiped her mm. place completely but thank god she wasn't there mm -hmm. because uh i think she would have just been panicked and who knows had a heart attack or something because mm -hmm. it was she was by herself and so when that flood came, it just wiped everything out. So that, again, you know, she we've seen a couple of floods there that were very devastating each time. It just wiped everybody out, and they have to start all over again. Well, you had the dams that came in, uh, the flood control dams that J.J. Uh, Pickle and uh, that they did through the uh, uh, Corps of Army or engineers, yes. and uh, that helped protect later on in uh, those completed in about early 1980-82. So you still had some heavy flooding coming up, but then after that time you still had, Purgatory would still flood. 
you know, and you still had that. You just didn't have the horrendous floods that we'd had previously, you know, that had taken the lives of the school children and, and whatnot. And, and before we close out, you um, got married and, and moved away from San Marcos. You live in San Antonio. But you have a daughter that works here at the school district. Is yes, that correct? Yes, my daughter, Grace Delgadillo. She, uh, she, she works at the high school. She's in charge of the... Uh, uh, scholarships and well it's called the career center but she handles the financial aid and scholarships there so that's what she does and it's 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 kind of funny because there she is working in my alma mater <laughs> high school I mean who would you have well, your daughter working there too you know and she lived in San Antonio how did yeah. she end up over there at my alma mater well, they, they say you always come home so now we're at <laughs> full circle go. there yeah. but you know I'll talk to, to her and hopefully we'll be able to have her to come on you know on the show and she can tell us you know what it is that she does there and you know hopefully give um uh, some ideas to some of the younger kids because I also find that especially for a lot of the Hispanic kids a lot of them they don't go in and they don't utilize the services that that she has or for for whatever reason you have those that come in and 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 you know that they they come in and get the help that they need but there are a lot of them that don't so I'd, I'd kind of like to pick her brain about what it is that that needs to be done to get those kids in but I'm glad you came on the show. Thank you, glad thank you for here. coming on, and um, it was yes, fun. Thank you for coming in. It was really. fun it's sharing, sharing the good times. Good, good, and some good stories. So, Kathy, thank you very much. Uh, this is going to wrap us up for Rice. Is coming up next. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Roscoe Taylor, and then we've got uh, uh, Crypto Park Services. Uh, We'll be on on an encore a little bit later on tonight at 9 o'clock. And uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow night uh, playing uh, Vinyl Confessions. And uh, thank you for tuning in. KCSM.org, True Community Radio, San Marcos, Texas.